very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. Today, I'm super excited to have Dr. Hazel Glasper with me. She is an entrepreneur. She has built a very successful dental practice, and she helps other dentists as well. Dr. Glasper, welcome. Hello, hello. It's glad to be here. Thank you, doctor. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me during this holiday season. I know a lot of people are busy relaxing, and, uh, and I know you are here talking to us and sharing your wisdom and knowledge with the other dentists. I enjoy, um, I enjoy one, being a part of um, any company organization that's promoting the younger and growing dentists out there, developing a better self-esteem, developing uh, a vision for more abundance and prosperity, and having more clarity. So if I can be a part of that, I'll spend part of my vacation doing that. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, so let's, I want our listeners to get to know you. So let's start at the beginning. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, who are you? Why did you get into dentistry? Kind of take us through your journey. Who am I? Um, I... I never, ever really considered going into dentistry until one of the smartest girls in my class at Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. I think she was one or two in the class. And I went to uh, college with some uh, brilliant women. As a matter of fact, my classmate was just named as uh, COO of Starbucks. So the first African-American woman to, um, to become COO of Starbucks and Walmart. So these are the type of women that I went to school with. And I was having lunch, kind of talking about where I was going to apply to medical school. And I thought we were on the same page until this particular classmate and friend who I have had a great deal of respect for and have said that she was going to dental school. And I really couldn't believe it because I thought she was so brilliant. And if you're brilliant, why would you choose dentistry over medicine? That's how I was thinking in that moment. And when I realized that this person was choosing to go to dental school, I realized that there was something bigger and greater about dentistry that people didn't consider. And so I started going after that bigger and greater thing. And that bigger and greater thing for me has been the practice of comprehensive dentistry. It is a game changer. And um, so I'm making my mark kind of redefining what uh, comprehensive dentistry looks like. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about, I love the word game changer. I love the word um, 
you know, the bigger thing, right? It's, it's, it's something, it's, it, I mean, like, yeah, as a kid, you thought, oh, medicine is, you know, where the smart people go and dentistry is not. But you started really thinking about it and you felt you could have a huge impact as a dentist and you wanted to pursue that with the rest of your life. Right. Well, I, I felt, again, it, it goes back to that particular conversation with that particular person who was so so smart and and who I looked up to and I just felt like it was something that was kind of being undervalued and I came from a household where we didn't talk a whole lot about oral health we didn't have an understanding of the importance of oral health so this was a foreign topic for me but spiritually something in that moment in that conversation said that this course, this path was for me. So I hit the ground running. Right. And then you went to school and where did you go to school? And I think you said you graduated in, when did you graduate doctor? I mean, from. Um, I graduated in 1991. I went to Howard, Howard's dental school. And then I left Howard and did my residency at UMDNJ in New Jersey. And after I finished my residency in advanced education and general dentistry, I started um, st trying to study under as many uh, industry and thought leaders as possible. And that's what I did. So I, I went after the, the, the Dawson's and the Spears and the, homilies and the horn uh horn brooks and and you know all the individuals out there that were talking about occlusion and and talking uh different practice management uh deborah nash and just all these individuals who were uh playing at such a high level in dentistry and then I took what I learned from them, and it, it's so many more that I studied under. I took what I learned from them, and I put my own spin on it. So, I'm sorry. Right. No, that makes a ton of sense. So you really focused on learning from the best, and you really focused on being the best at your craft. So you kind of continued to brush up your skills, uh, both on the clinical side as well as the human side of the practice of dentistry. Yes, and I think personality plays into it. You, when, when I opened my practice, I opened my practice in an area that was kind of, it wasn't as developed as many of the areas are in Maryland, and many of the uh, dentists had flocked to these different areas. But I, I, I picked a spot where it had potential and it was it was a lot of farmland but my personality was this i don't um i don't mind a challenge i don't mind trying to figure out what will work i like you think outside of the box or create my own box right. and i'm a risk taker so I created this beautiful practice in Marriottsville, Maryland. And I knew that my focus 
was going to draw individuals who, if they didn't have a certain dental mentality, I was going to spend the time to build relationships with them and educate them to the point where they understood and valued why it was important to care for their oral health. So a lot has gone into the uh, success of my practice and the course that I've taken in life. Right, right. That's very interesting. Um, so tell us about your history when it comes to, uh, you know, your dental practice, uh, the current practice you own. When did you get involved in it? Um, you know, and, um, and did you own multiple practices? Or is this the first one you're owning? This is my second practice. So I'm a comprehensive dentist. And what that means for me is I have, um, I opened my first practice in 1999. And then I built a practice in the same area in 2007. So I see very low volume. I see maybe about eight patients a day. And uh, on my particular schedule, eight or less, I do complete dentistry. I spend a great deal of time with my patients. I coordinate um, medical testing with their physicians. I diagnose diseases. I treat diseases. So the way that I've chosen to practice in my career has been based on the philosophy of health, function, and aesthetics. So with every single patient who comes into my practice, we focus not just on the health of the tooth, but the uh, oral and systemic health of the patient. And we really educate the patient on how functional the system is and how crucial it is for life. The fact that we breathe, we taste, we touch. We, um, there are things that we do with this system that many people do not consider that if it's not functioning to its full potential, or if it's not functioning correctly, they live very compromised lives. And a lot of people really don't look at oral health in that way. And then I focus on aesthetics because we know that how one looks has a psychological and social impact on how they function in life. So with that particular philosophy, I have grown a very uh, successful and profitable practice. That's great. So are you a member of AOSH by any chance? Uh, not yet, but uh, the, the members of AOSH have contacted me, quite a few of them, um, to, to join. So this year, I will become a member of AOSH. All right. So you believe in the overall systemic health connection to, um, uh, I mean, uh, overall health. 
do I believe in it is critical. It's absolutely critical. If we can establish ourselves, one of the reasons, let me say this, one of the reasons for my success has been the fact that I have firmly established myself as a doctor, not just a dentist, but a doctor. And when you can establish yourself with your team members, with patients, establish your role in the in medicine and it's clear to the patient that we're not selling teeth here we're promoting health then that patient looks at you totally different because most most of the patients because of historic perspectives and um the separation between medicine and dentistry really uh, there has been kind of like a, a devaluing of dentistry and oral health and uh, a devaluing of dentists themselves being considered as lesser than. You heard what I said when I was talking about my classmate. Why would she go to dental school mm -hmm. when she could go into medicine? Right. Dentistry is medicine. We are doctors. And so one of the things I want to um, share with your listeners who are the growing dentists out there, uh, growing into their own practices, growing into associateships, um, coming out of dental school, trying to, ex uh, trying to determine what kind of dentist they're going to become. The key is to practice comprehensively. The key is to establish yourself as a physician of the oral cavity. The key is to build relationships with your patients by using, um, one, spending time with them, doing complete examinations, complete diagnosing, complete treatment plans. And you will find that many of these patients, when you spend the time to truly educate them and use the right language and believe in your treatment, they will invest in care. And that's what I found in my practice. That's why I can see such low volume. Right. No, that makes a ton of sense. I have a client in Austin, Texas. He, like you, he also only sees, you know, four to six patients a day, and he runs a, like a $1.8 million practice. And I think he right. works 24 hours, 24 hours a week. Yeah, that's about, that, that's about where my practice is. That's awesome. And uh, people don't nickel and dime him. They don't cancel his appointments. They don't... You know, uh, it's a totally different relationship, you know, as opposed to uh, a lot of dentists, they see it as, you know, cheap, cheap, cheap. It's a commodity, but they don't see him that way. They see him as somebody who, whose advice and whose thoughts they take very seriously. Exactly. And you establish in all your branding in, um, in, in, in what the patient sees when they walk into your office how you interact with them initially, um, what kind of questions 
that you ask the patient when you, um, your first contact with them, all these things. I have uh, on my website, drglasper.com, an eight-point assessment. One, number one is public perception. How are you being viewed? It's very important to understand how you're being viewed by other doctors in your community, how you're being viewed by your patients, how you're being viewed by your team. And if you're being considered uh, a drill and fill patchwork dentist, then your patients are basically going to invest in your, in your practice when they're in pain. Right. Versus looking at the entire picture and understanding how that decaying tooth is affecting their immune system and 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 having a, a greater appreciation for your work right i mean it's like um some people would go to whole foods and pay four times as much because they appreciate their bodies they don't want you know they want organic food or they want high quality food. So the same way the people who appreciate health and they realize you are a healthcare provider, not a tooth mechanic. Exactly. But you, you have to, you have to first see yourself in that way. Right. Right. Because till you see yourself that way, your team won't see it that way. Your, your, your referring doctors won't see it that way. You know, your community won't see it that way. Your patients won't see it that way. Exactly. Exactly. So when, when I speak to a lot of dentists, one of the first things that they say to me, Dr. Glasper, how do you get your patients to invest in the level of care that they invest in? Value. Value. And, right. and, and respecting me as the, the doctor and the authority right. on the subject matter. Right. So you have to build your authority. You have to build, you know, first you have to believe in yourself and then you have to build that authority so other people see you that way. Exactly. Everything is around mindset. Right. Everything. Your mindset determines who you become, what you will accomplish in life. Right. So you, you can come in and say to your team every single day, we're going to do this today. We're going to produce $20,000 in collections. We're going to take great care of our patients. But why? Why are we doing this? You, you, don't, you, you don't do it for money's sake. You do it for the health of your patient. And here's the truth in dentistry, and this is very important. Most of the patients that come into our practice have significant oral needs. Just diagnose it. Take the time to inform the patient and, 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 and have an expectation that that patient maybe does not understand that if they do not get that missing tooth replaced, 
or that decayed tooth crowned or the wisdom teeth extracted or the implant denture place, they're not fully understanding the impact that it's having on their lives. It's not all all the it's not always about patients not caring about dentistry. Many of them do not understand the impact that poor oral health is having. Right. And you can't blame them for something they don't understand. Right. So to have a certain mindset and to realize what I do is important to the practice of medicine, to the health of my patient, to improve the quality of their lives, and even it can save lives. But what I have to do is understand and believe that, first and foremost, and then be able to articulate that fully throughout my practice and show it through my branding, again, uh, through the patient, through the team that I properly train. My team, my team is so educated and enthusiastic and, and uh, about the importance of dentistry. Right. That's amazing. I was going to ask you, um, when it comes to, um, when it comes to, um, you talked about one is the, uh, the, the, the health side of, you know, dentistry, right? How it's important to overall health. The other thing you talked about is how it makes people feel uh, because, you know, the way they look changes the way they see themselves and the way they act with others, which then creates a ripple effect, either a positive or a negative, right? So if I don't like to smile because I don't have a good smile, I'm not going to go and meet people. I'm not going to, you know, raise my hand when there's an opportunity for me to step out and, you know, be a leader or somebody important in that environment, whether it's work or, you know, personal situations. And um, so how do you understand that? How do you communicate that? How do you work with patients? I mean, how do you, um, like, I, I would be curious, right? Like, you know, a lot of dentists would say, well, my patients don't value me. They, they treat me like a commodity and it's all about price and convenience and what insurance I take and all that stuff. And you're saying, no, 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 that's not true. So how do you go about, you know, on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the human side, the psychological side of, how it makes them feel. How do you go about tapping into that? And how do you go about building a practice that, that caters to that? Well, mindset, first of all, mindset is hugely, it's, it's everything. So why do you want to be a dentist? What is your, what is your why? What is your why? And so establish your why. The second thing, understand that there's no better time than now to be in dentistry. There is so much uh, medical research to back up what we do. So it's not, just, it's not just the dentist trying to prove to the patient that what I'm doing for you is of value. There is, there is documentation 
now that there are these links between your um, oral health and your overall health. But one, we have to understand what those links are and we have to be able to articulate it to the patient. How you do that is one, establishing a relationship with that patient. So if you're seeing volume, if you're seeing 20, 25 patients a day, you can't establish a relationship. You can't change the overall perception that this patient has about dentists and dentistry if you're only if you're only spending 15 minutes with them. So when, when a patient comes into our practice after they fill out the medical history, we, we, we take, um, we image the patient completely. So we take digital photographs, intraoral photographs. We take uh, digital x-rays, panorex. So we have, all these images to show to them your existing condition, how you have presented to us, and use it to educate the patient to one, take responsibility for where you are right now. So if I'm telling that patient you need 10 crowns or one filling, I'm not just trying to convince them, I'm showing and explaining to them why this is important and what will happen if you do not get this taken care of. So I, I've talked to you about two, two or three key things. One is spending time with that patient, gathering all the information that you need for a proper case presentation, all the images that you need, spending 20 minutes going over your medical history, getting to know what's important to that patient. Why are they there? And what, what do they need for you to address? And then you explain to them what's important. And if they don't address that, how that's going to affect their overall life or is affecting their overall lives. And if, when I finally get to the point of talking financials with the patient or my financial coordinator, gets to the point of presenting a full treatment plan, that patient is so crystal clear that one, we're not negotiating here. We're talking about health. And these are my recommendations. And they, they've had all the opportunity to ask questions, go home and think about it, bring their significant other to be part of the discussion, see all the visuals involved. And I reach out to their physician if there are medical issues that we need to discuss. I send them out for testing. So they're looking at me like I've never, for the most part, 
Now, there are many of us practicing in this way, but I have rarely ever experienced this level of care. That's how you build that practice. Yeah, you made us so many interesting uh, points, doctor. You said start with the why. It's not the what. It's not, oh, I want to do 20,000 a day. It's really, why am I doing it? Because if you don't believe in the why, so almost like the what is a byproduct of the why, right? The 20,000 is, is a byproduct of your commitment to improving the way the people feel and, the, and their overall health. Right, and right. they'll pick that up too. If right. it's about, if it's just about, the the financials right <laughs> they'll they'll feel that right exactly it's it's like uh, martin luther king um you know he didn't say i have a plan he said i have a dream it's about the why <laughs> right it's about the why yeah it's never about the what you know it's not about the three bullet points and the four you know sub bullet points absolutely it's about the why it's, it's always about the why. The second thing you mentioned is the why for the patient and really understanding that why. A lot of dentists, I guess, don't take the time to understand the why for the patient. So if you understand the why for the patient, you don't even have to convince them. They, you just have to show them, like, make them see the why that they already believe in and how that relates to their current situation. Exactly. And, and make them take ownership of it. Right. Right. I think a lot of us feel that we have to, we, we feel that we're selling something. My, my motto is actually sell more dentistry, save more lives. And, and I've been, a, I've had a couple of people say, sell more dentistry. Uh, what I'm simply saying when I say that is completely diagnose your patients. Right. A complete examination, complete diagnosis, a complete treatment plan. You, we have the ability to save lives here. This is not just about fixing a tooth. It never was. It never was. Right. So it's almost like you're bringing the hum- humanization of dentistry. It's about the people and their lives and their need and, and their desires and, their, and, and, their, and, and, and what's good for them for the long term, which is their health. Right. And it's about elevating the profession as well. Right. Right. Another thing you said that struck me is, um, you know, um, Images, pictures, right? A lot of times the pictures will do the talking for you. When you show them something that, because we can't see inside our mouths, right? When you're brushing your teeth, you just see the front of your mouth. You don't see what's underneath and stuff. So so the pictures and the tools you have, technology you have, you mentioned intraoral cameras, hopefully can help you show them the why also, right? It's not like me saying it, it's the facts. This is, it's the facts. Right. <laughs> it's a fact. I was coaching uh, one of my one of my coaching clients. I realized that they had this intraoral camera, and one they weren't utilizing it to its full potential. And when I was training them on that intraoral camera, they they had no i they didn't really have an idea 
of how this particular piece of technology could totally enhance their practice. And what I mean by that, when they were taking shots, let's say a, a shot of a molar, they, they had the tongue in the, in the view, they had the cheek in the view, they had a distorted image of the tooth. So I said, when you take a look at that, what, what do you think your, your, your patients are saying? You're like, take a look at that crack in the tooth. Isn't it, is it that terrible? All they're looking at is, what is that big thing on the side of that tooth? Or is that a tooth? Or uh, why, what is that pink thing, like the cheek? Why? And I literally spent a couple of days showing them the proper use of the intraoral camera. And all of a sudden, the, they saw the, the use of this technology in a different way. They saw their images in a totally different way. And they were able to now show the patient the true issues that were going on inside of their mouths. Right. Don't keep it a secret. Empower them. Like you said, you don't have to own it. The patient has to own it. Your job is to help them own it. Right. But if you have this, if you have the technology, you know we're gadget people. Right. Dentists are gadget. We have all these gadgets in our practices, but sometimes um, the use of these gadgets and their true purpose for the overall benefit of the patient is not known as known as people think. Like intraoral cameras have been around forever, right. but are we using them for the, are, are we using them to build a practice as they should be used? Right, right. I can continue talking to you, doctor, for a long time. <laughs> um, I do want to um, talk about a few other things um, before we wrap up. One is, tell me about, I know you, you have a dental practice that you run, and then I know you have the website, drglasper.com. So tell me about the website and the nonprofit you have, doctor. So tell you about the website or the coaching? Uh, both. So I'm speaking in dentistry. I spoke at the Greater New York meetings a couple of weeks ago about being a game cha uh, a change maker in 2017 and what it takes to be a change maker in 2017. So the website is around my speaking career, building my speaking career. I'm going to be speaking at the Chicago Midwinter Meetings in 2018. I had the great opportunity to win this competition for the Speaking Consulting Network in front of industry leaders um, in June of this year with um, my message that dentistry is a branch of medicine, we are doctors and that comprehensive dentistry is the way to 
build our practice and sustain our practice and sharing some of my personal stories. So my drglasper.com is about my speaking career. It's about workshops and seminars and in-office coaching. My nonprofit ties all of this together. I recently gave a conference on interprofessional collaboration and that's where I moderated a panel. And on that panel was a cardiologist, an endocrinologist, and a nephrologist and from John Hopkins. And we talked about the impact that oral health was having on those various areas of medicine. And what was so exciting about this conference, so please tell your um, listeners to go to Teach Me Dental um on youtube and look at the conference it was it, it was phenomenal because the dentists that were in the audience could had the opportunity to sit in the room with physicians where we were all just speaking as doctors and we were talking about the importance of oral health and how it was causing heart attacks and strokes and kidney disease. So that was in October. My next conference is coming up in uh, April. And so through my nonprofit, I am uh, putting together programs, pilot programs that will bridge the gap between medicine and dentistry. I am developing programs for seniors. I just wrote a, a grant to get a mobile van for one of the counties in Maryland where we would go around to nursing homes and provide care to this very vulnerable part of the population. And uh, then we are starting to work with youth educating them on HPV virus and its association with oral cancer and how dental decay is one of the most chronic childhood diseases and it's preventable. So we're doing it. We, we're doing a whole lot out there. That's Love amazing. That. I just uh, spent some time browsing your Teach Me Dental. I love the name also. It's uh, pretty to the point. Yes. And, we, we've reached 4 million people. Wow. And you are trying to collaborate with other, other medical professionals, right? So the focus is to get dentists and other, other healthcare professionals to work together. Is that the purpose? Uh, of what? Teach me dental. Well, that's one, one of. Okay. Bridging the gap between medical uh, dentistry and medicine uh, medical doctors, physicians in different branches of medicine, and dentists is one of our main focuses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's beyond that. You also go out to the community and help people yes. learn, learn more about dentistry and, and, and its impact on overall health. Yes. And provide services. Yes. Got it. Right. That's awesome. That's a huge idea. That's a big idea. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, you have guts to go and to follow these passions. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So if people want to get a hold of you, doctor, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, the best way is drglasper. Uh, no, drglasper at gmail.com. Okay. Or they could just go to your website. Is there a way for them to call somebody from that website? Yeah, go to the website and leave me a message. And Which website? The practice website or Dr. Glasper? Dr. Glasper. Okay, got it. So either leave a message there or email you directly. Yes. Perfect. I really enjoyed having you today, doctor. And I'm looking forward to... Um, you know, getting to know you more and uh, introducing you more and more to our community of growing dentists. Once thank again, you. thank you for taking the time during this holiday season to talk to me and share your knowledge and your life story with us. Thank you. Thank you so much and enjoy your holiday and happy new year. Absolutely. Thank you, doctor. Happy new year to, to you as well. And once again, everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of the growing dentist podcast show. This is Narain, your host.